entrepreneurs, small business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show. I'm honored you have decided to join us today. I'm Marty Wolf, along with my sidekick, Carrie Carney, and our producer, Tom Jenkins. We're going to do our best to inform, educate, and inspire you, our audience of entrepreneurs, small business owners, and anyone who is seeking excellence in their personal and professional lives. Our special guest today is Ira S. Wolf. Now, there's a problem right away, Tom. He misspelled his name. <laughs> you know? It's not W-O-L-F-F. No, that's correct. It's not. It's W-O-L-F-E. Ira Wolf is our special guest today. Ira is a nationally recognized leader in talent management, and he is president of a company called Success Performance Solutions, which is a pre-employment and leadership testing firm. He'll be talking about trophy workers Interesting topic. Some people may be a little upset by what he says, but stay with us. Before we get to that interview with Ira, however, I want to share some new technologies that are transforming the way we live. And after we hear from Ira, we're going to reveal the skills employers really are looking for when interviewing job candidates. So let's start out with three hot technologies transforming business and how we live. And this comes from a friend of ours, Terry, Terry Brock. Yeah, Terry did a great job with this article. He does a great job with everything. Uh, He has a great blog. And by the way, I believe Terry Brock was on the show a few months ago. He's an expert in what's called clout, K-L-O-U-T. But today we're going to talk about something, a blog that he wrote, actually a blog and an article, because he writes for the business journals. This uh, story goes out uh, maybe nationally. I'm not sure, Terry, but this is a great article. So some technology. And the first thing he mentions is uh, the 3D printer. And a couple of shows ago, Carrie, you mentioned the 3D printer. And this is an example of... Um, some technologies uh, that are changing the way we work and live, and, and, and Terry points out a couple things, or events, I, I should say, that you know, have transformed our lives, uh, such as cars and airplanes, television. And the internet. Cell phones, which, isn't, which are not mentioned. I just got a new mm-hmm. cell phone. You're, everybody's thrilled with that, especially me. Um, these are... What he, well, we would all call, they're transformational, things that happen in the 20th century. And he sees what he, he thinks there are three key areas. Now, there's certainly a lot of transformational things going on. And uh, the last show, we talked about that you're not too late. Mm-hmm. Remember, we talked about the fact that the internet, internet and technology and all exciting things going on, you're not too late. It's just, it's just starting. But I like the way that uh, Terry brings some ideas to us. And un, one of the things he talks about is the early days of uh, what was then called the microcomputer. And there was this, at that time, a small company that was writing software so that you could use your microcomputer. Does anybody have a guess who that small software company is? Is it that Bill Gates guy? It's that Bill Gates guy. Yeah, that company called Microsoft that we all wish we either worked for him or had bought, bought stock in very early on. So there's. let's go back to 3D printing. And 
the Industrial Revolution has been around for, I don't know, two or three hundred years ago. And this is where manufacturing really started to change our world, uh, all our world, across uh, all countries. But this where we kind of came off the farm and, and manufacturing allowed us to get some really nifty uh, products that we could use. And, and a nifty product that uh, we have now is 3D printing. And uh, I went to a few seminars about 3D printing, and actually, I, f- I found it fascinating years ago when it first started. And 3D printing uh, was hot a few years ago and then kind of died down. But now 3D printing, they actually can print a car. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I was this article really made it sink into my head uh, where uh, Terry talked about that the uh, International Space Station will be equipped with 3D printing in case some vital item breaks down. They'll have the capabilities to reproduce it and put it right back into whatever machinery broke. That That's just fascinating. That is hot stuff, <laughs> you know, and, and that's what's happening in 3D printing. Specialty parts that you now make, and you know, that unique part in aircraft carriers and things like that. Just as another aside, I visited the uh, 3D printing lab at Penn State in State College and, and talked to a friend of mine now, Dr. Tim uh, Simpson. And Penn State has one of the most incredible 3D labs in the world, literally. So you want to do a little more research on 3D printing, check out what they're doing at Penn State. Um, But yeah, Carrie, the the space station is going to be able to have a printer there. They're doing cars. I saw in the paper just recently where there are printing urns where you can put your ashes in. And these customized urns, which are special sizes, um, and but they make these things out of all different kinds of, uh, you know, uh, carbon fiber, car- right, plastic. Exactly. It, and it's it's that's not plastic anymore. It's metals, and it used to be just <clears throat> plastic. So it's three D printing. It's coming to a to a, 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 a manufacturer near you, and and actually manufacturers, smaller manufacturers, are using this technology right now to sell products. The next hot thing, according to Terry Brock, and we would agree with all of these, is drones. Now, drones certainly have been in the news a lot, uh, primarily for their military applications. But Terry points out, and and we have heard of a lot of more applications and commercial uh, applications, like delivering pizza. And and Terry likes the idea of Domino's Pizza being delivered via a drone. (laughs) I suppose we would all like that. Amazon.com was on the news recently. You talked about Jeff Bezos. Bezos was talking talking about about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, drones, this is an opportunity to do all kinds of neat things with drones. And one of the things that I really like is the ability to deliver medicine in places where you can't really reach so using a drone to they're, do that. They're going to put Balto out of a job. <sighs> put who out of a job? Balto. Who's Balto? That's that story of the uh, the, the mush dog up in Alaska where they used to use the dogs for the Iditarod that carried. Well, maybe the drone can only take it to a certain point and then the dog will take it the, the dog rest will of the take way. It from there. I'm not sure. And the third technology that Terry is talking about is Bitcoin. We had Bitcoin on the show a few months ago. Looks like we're advanced here. So... Terry believes that uh, this is important stuff. What he found fascinating about is that something called the blockchain. And what the blockchain does is to keep a public record of your transactions on Bitcoin. 
Now, Bitcoin certainly has its detractors, if you will. There's fluctuations in the prices. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that Bitcoin is being accepted to companies like Dell and Overstock and over 30,000 vendors. And our guest on the show was a gentleman by the name of Eric Martindale, and he was from BitPay. Mm-hmm. And that's who Terry Brock mentions in this article. So, you know, for the entrepreneur, for those folks who are looking to either jump onto something hot, take a look at Terry Brock and uh, Google his, uh, his article, Three Hot Technologies Transforming Business in How We Live. And uh, Terry Brock's last name is B-R-O-C-K. So, wow, first segment's already gone by. We are going to be going to our interview with Ira S. Wolf, and he's going to be talking about um, trophy workers. So kind of buckle up for this. Get your pen and paper ready. You're listening to The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Marty Wolf here. I want to introduce you to my newest sponsor, Live Mercury. As you know, I put a premium on real-world experience. That's why, when I decided to upgrade my web presence, I sat down with Live Mercury, a digital agency that specializes in taking a strategic approach to success online. Every one of their strategy experts has extensive experience starting new ventures as well as working with existing businesses to achieve success. Now, I'll let you know when my new site launches, but in the meantime, I have a very special offer for the first 10 listeners who go to... 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com. I've asked Live Mercury to give the first 10 listeners who go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com a no obligation 30 minute review of your website with the Live Mercury website strategy expert. Go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com right now and apply some real world experience to your web presence. For your next regional or national meeting, are you looking for a professional facilitator to keep things on track so your meeting meets the objectives? Have you assembled a group of subject matter experts for a panel and you need a moderator who is skilled in keeping the conversation focused on what really matters? Do you want a speaker for your next meeting who will engage the audience in a way that makes the meeting fun and memorable? Marty Wolf of the Business Builder Show is available for your next important event. You can contact him at... 570-815-1626. Marty has facilitated hundreds of meetings in all kinds of settings. He has interviewed hundreds of CEOs, authors, professional speakers, and thought leaders from many different industries. Planning an important meeting? Want to feel confident you will achieve the results you planned for? Then call Marty Wolf at 570-815-1626. Or log on to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builder Show. Our special guest today is Ira S. Wolf. Now I have to correct the spelling immediately. It's W-O-L-F-E. And Ira is a nationally recognized thought leader in talent management. And he is the president of Success Performance Solutions, a pre-employment and leadership testing firm he founded in 1996. Ira is the author of several books of so many we can't mention or will take up the whole show, but he's a prolific writer. He is a columnist for Business to Business Magazine and Huffington Post, and he's been featured recently in articles in Forbes, Business Week, and many other publications. Ira's newest book is Stop Making Motivation 
innovation mistakes that cost your company time, money, and resources. And this is scheduled for release in 2015. Ira Wolf, thanks for joining the Business Builder Show. Thanks very much, Marty. Appreciate it very much. You caught my attention in a networking event, and uh, we chatted for a minute, and then you uh, sent some links. And the one that got my attention is going to get our audience's attention without question. I'm sure this is going to get the title of the, uh, I guess it was a blog, right? The Rise, and in parentheses, and Fall of Trophy Workers. All right. Let's see here. Start with... Define trophy workers for me. Well, it goes back to uh, there's a primarily related to, to kids, um, kind of the young generation, the millennials. Yes. Um, they've been identified as trophy kids uh-huh. and with helicopter parents. And for those people who aren't aware of that, those are the parents that seem to hover over the kids uh, through, through uh, you know, Little League Baseball, um, you know, all the way through high school. They actually show there's a problem in colleges. The, these helicopter parents were showing up uh, in uh, at college to, to, you know, through to go to to classes with their kids. Yeah, wow. Um, they, they just never, they, they kind of blanketed them. They protected them um, to, to the point where uh, the entire generation that is, is coming up, the millennials, and this isn't, a, this isn't a crush on millennials by any means because it was the parents who did it, um, but the, uh, many of the millennials were recognized as trophy kids because everybody got a trophy. Mm. Uh, there were no winners and losers in sports anymore. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, many schools dropped uh, the D's and F's from grades. Uh, mm-hmm. Because everybody would the lowest you can get is a possibly a C. Uh, many many classes became pass fail, mm-hmm. and part of that was to raise the self esteem to to keep kids you know with a good self esteem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty well documented. Mm-hmm. A lot of stories about that, and that and not every millennials like that. Not every parent is, but quite a few. Sure. What happened with trophy workers is uh, I started to see and, and hear the same complaints. I work with small businesses like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the small businesses started to complain about their workers and everyone expected um, everything for an entitlement. Uh, in fact, people stopped going to school or getting training or learning new skills if the employer didn't pay for it. And I started to hear that from a lot of the people that I work with. And I said, well, why didn't you get that certification? Or why didn't you go back to school if you thought you could be, um, you know, to get a better job? And they said, well, my employer wouldn't pay for it. Mm. Um, so there was a little bit of entitlement that way. And then it was also, you know, certainly people, if the, if the employer didn't have health care, they didn't pay for health care. They didn't think it was important. Right. Uh, or uh, the same thing with retirement. People don't save unless the, the employer creates a plan. Philosophy carried over from into trophy kind of workers of everyone had this little bit of an entitlement attitude uh, toward things. Ira, if I can jump in there, because I want to make sure I'm asking you for clarity. This isn't, and you said it earlier, this isn't just relate to young people. Am I correct there? No, absolutely not. Uh, I'm an older baby boomer. And uh, so this, uh, I have a lot of peers. Uh, in fact, uh, a few years ago, I, I, I moved out of a 55 and older community because the people were, they were my age, but they were too old. They acted <laughs> old. But there was, a, there was a sense of entitlement, you know, even there. But I've seen this from 16-year-olds through 70-year-olds, that there's a, a sense of if the employer doesn't pay for it or it's the employer's fault, I don't have a retirement or it's in 
employer's fault. I can't go to the doctor or it's an employer's fault. I, I don't have new skills. I worked for them for 25 and 30 years. And, you know, they just they just never would pay for me to do that. Right. Um, and uh, that that's been the change. So it, it's not it's definitely not only young people. It goes through many, many employees. So, many uh, so and that's part of the unemployment problem we have right now. Yeah. So that's where I was going. So parents certainly, uh, you know, by the way, if I can interject something, you know, it was years ago, whenever I first heard this, that I heard of a parent going on an interview with one of their children. I never heard of that before. That blew me away. I can't even imagine. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah, they they went on interviews. They went to performance reviews. If their child, uh, after three or f- uh, four months, uh, didn't have a review, the employer, they they the parent called the employer. Although there, there's a million stories like that of of or, or why didn't they get their raise or why didn't they get the job? That I crazy, thought, crazy stuff. I only thought that was on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Uh, no, that you know, a lot of the sitcoms are just uh, duplications of life. <laughs> right. So, so now, okay. So we talked about parents. Now, uh, are employers partially to blame for what's happening? Also. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they took advantage of the situation uh, for years, and and this isn't a slam on on unions by by any means, but yeah, unions became a parent. I mean, unions became the helicopter parent, and you know certainly when they were started, it was to protect the worker because there were businesses that took right. advantage of them. There's no question about that. Going back, you know, into the early 20s and 30s, um, so but the, the unions sort of became that helicopter parent of if you join the union, we. Will will take care of you. And and then even non-union employers became, you know, basically became like that. Right. Um, because they wanted to they wanted to keep their their a non-union shop, uh, but they wanted to be able to offer benefits. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the, it's, uh, but it's, complacent did, did complacency start to fall in there and then uh, you say in the article a complacent worker was considered a loyal one, and there are some companies who like loyalty. Uh, why isn't complacency and loyalty good? Yeah, there's a real danger. Well, there's real danger in that. I mean, well, complacency is never good, especially right. in the world we live in today. I right. mean, we're, we're dealing with, you know, technology is accelerating. We're 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 living in a, in a world of uncertainty and volatility, and so complacency is is just a killer. Whether it's for a, bu- a business plan or whether it's for an individual, so complacency is not good. Loyalty is good, um, but loyalty was really redefined and and it may be destroyed first and then redefined in the 70s and 80s when employers started to, uh, you know, really focus on productivity. They laid off a lot of people. They outsourced. They they merged. They got acquired. Uh, they moved offshore. Um, so, you know, loyalty from an employer's aspect, uh, they really changed the dynamics. Uh, and then, you know, certainly the Generation X, uh, which are kind of, I, I would say anyone under 50 and younger, uh, whether it's Generation X or Generation Y, uh, really didn't experience a loyalty of if I go to work for this company, I have an opportunity mm-hmm. for the next 30 or 40 years to move up the ladder and they're going to take care of me. Right. Um, that, that just went away. Right. Um, but employers, in order to instill loyalty, um, you know, really did provide those benefits, which is not a bad thing. Uh, but it, it would, I guess how they define loyalty, they almost, they handcuffed them. I, I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there was as much loyalty as a handcuff. Mm. And, you know, certainly all the, the, 
Good the uh, controversy with Obamacare, you know, the Affordable Care Act, uh, that individuals would not have to stick with an employer just because they were the only ones that provided them health care, yeah. uh, that there was no other way to get a plan. So, you know, where people stayed, I think, you know, it got defined as if you stayed with an employer, you were loyal. But it wasn't necessarily any emotional attachment. There was, you know, uh, employee engagements at an all-time low right. uh, in this country. Uh, there's so many factors in it. Uh, so loyalty was not an, really an emotional thing. It's it really tenure. That's, that's a key word, uh, emotional connection. We talk about that a lot on the show. We're down to our last 30 seconds of this segment, uh, Ira. And so yeah, what you started to describe, uh, you described it as the, the bubble burst, and it was around 2000. And you said that's when it started to hit the fan, I guess I'll use that phrase. So when we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, when that bubble burst, what that really means. And then we're going to actually start talking about solutions, if you're okay with that. So our special guest is Ira Wolf, and he's the president of Success Performance Solutions, a pre-employment and leadership testing firm he founded in 1996. We'll be right back on the Business Builder Show. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Marty Wolf here. I want to introduce you to my newest sponsor, Live Mercury. As you know, I put a premium on real-world experience. That's why, when I decided to upgrade my web presence, I sat down with Live Mercury, a digital agency that specializes in taking a strategic approach to success online. Every one of their strategy experts has extensive experience starting new ventures as well as working with existing businesses to achieve success. Now, I'll let you know when my new site launches, but in the meantime, I have a very special offer for the first 10 listeners who go to... 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com. I've asked Live Mercury to give the first 10 listeners who go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com a no obligation 30 minute review of your website with the Live Mercury website strategy expert. Go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com right now and apply some real world experience to your web presence. The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. Driver of the cab, it's going to be mine, jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? <laughs> said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. <laughs> this is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry. Informing, educating, and encouraging. The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builder Show. Our special guest today is Ira S. Wolf, and that's W O L F E. And Ira is a nationally recognized thought leader in talent management. And he's the president of a company called Success Performance Solutions. Ira, I'm having a lot of fun with you. We're talking about, uh, what is it called? Uh, trophy workers. And when we left off, we were talking about, I guess, when it, uh, 
maybe around 2007, I think you say, that the what you call the bubble burst. Explain that to me. What really happened? Well, well I'll even roll the clock back to 1999, and that's when I came up with this term, the perfect labor storm. Oh, and okay. that was one of the books that I wrote. Uh, and that was a time for those of uh, the listeners who are, were around back then. Uh, the economy was booming. We were creating three to four million jobs a month. Uh, we, there, the concern was there wouldn't be enough people to fill all the jobs. Yeah. Uh, people blamed it on, on changing demographics. They blamed it on the Internet. They blamed it on globalization. There was a whole series of events that, that was going to happen. Of course, then we had 2001, uh, you know, 9-11. We had a recession, and that mm. everything got put on hold. Uh, however, uh, you know, we still continued to grow as an economy. We, we rebounded. Uh, things were going pretty well. But companies were starting to really focus on productivity and mm-hmm. doing a lot more automation. And there's, outsourcing became more popular. So there were, there were a lot of things going on, but companies still kind of held on. They, they did feel a loyalty. It certainly was bad press. Uh, to lay off people who were either not needed anymore, uh, who were underperforming. Um, you know, employers just had a lot of literally dead weight mm-hmm. on their hands. Um, 2007, um, the, the recession gave businesses an opportunity right. to unload a lot of people. Right, right. You know, right. And you saw that. I mean, you saw yep. certainly in the finance world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, every, the, the, the economy just contracted so much. Um, and I, I had said at that point that people would not be brought back. There, mm-hmm. We would never have a time where we would have that boom uh, in new jobs like we did before. And then the other part was the gap. A lot of the people, a lot of the jobs that were recreated after the economy were much different. They were higher skilled. They had better, they, they had higher demands. There were more people competing for it. So that was, it was really a, almost a, a cleansing out, if you will. Mm-hmm. It, it gave employers the, the, the opportunity to rebuild for a new future. Unfortunately, it you know, employees, workers feel it's at their expense, but there's just a lot of employees going back to that trophy worker that didn't keep up with skill. Right. That's they, the point. They just, right. They graduated at high school or college and it, it, it was a guarantee for life. If I have a college degree or a high school diploma, I'm guaranteed for the next 40 years, I'm going to have the same job, increased pay every year, increased benefits and a healthy retirement at the end. Right. And that blew up. Yeah, that, the, the uh, whole idea, the, the whole idea of entitlement, right, versus earning it. That's kind of what we're talking about, are we not? Yeah, and you know, in in the, one of the articles, um, uh, the the one that was about skills, you know, it's not lack of skill, stupid. The one that was on Huffington Post, yes, uh, talked about effort. And the the one thing that I found, uh, we we use a tool called uh, 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 I use a model, uh, and then a, uh, there's an assessment tool that goes along with it. It's called the quality of motivation, and it literally measures how people. Uh, it, it looks at motivation as a skill, not as this emotional instinct and this adrenaline uh, rush. Yeah, but good. it looks at it, it looks at motivation as a skill. And if you think of 
of the ability to attain things on your own is a skill. Yes. That is something you grew up with, whether it's genetic or whether it's environmental. But there's, there's other people call it drive or achievement. But there's, there's this drive, there's an ability to attain things on your own. If you fall down, you know how to get up. Right, right. Um, it, it, it's, you know, certainly entrepreneurs have it, but there's even workers, even individuals have it. It, it, it. There was another aspect to it. It's not only the ability to attain what you have, but it's to keep what you have. It's, 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 it's security. It's, it's saving. It's, mm-hmm. it's taking care of what you own. And then there's also um, uh, the skill to avoid problems, unanticipated problems, un- to, to, how do I recognize this is going to be too risky, and then ultimately the ability to escape or to resolve problems. Right. The two factors, the two skills that we're seeing lacking, which goes back to this, this lack of effort, and the trophy workers, we've stopped teaching people how to attain new things on their own there you go. and how to solve their own problems. There you go. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this can be quantified. It could be measured. So what we're saying is people with low attainment scores and low resolution scores, we, and that goes back to the employers. We've, we've literally become the parents. The government's become a parent. The, the employers have become a parent. And then helicopter parents were, were parents right. in right. their own right. Right. But, but all the children, all the children, their children and the workers and even our citizens do not have the ability to go out and pick them, dust themselves off and pick themselves up. And I right. feel like an old guy. Yeah. You know, I've been told that. It's like, yeah. you're an old, no. you know, you're, I, I, you're again, an old guy now. We, you sound like your grandfather. Um, but that's not it. I mean, I'm talking about very, very basic skill sets right. to be able to go out. And how do you make your own happiness? I mean, it's as simple as how do you make your own happiness? Right. People have identified with jobs. If, if they don't have a new car, a new home, if, if they don't have things given to them, they're not happy. Boy, you're, and, you're, and the people who are happy are the people who, who can go out and do it on their own. You're really stirring the pot here big time. You know, you're you're really crazy. Yeah, oh, I know. You, you know, see some of the responses I get. Yeah. <laughs> I, we, we can't say yeah, on this public is, radio. This is this is great, <laughs> or, though. This or, is or great in public because so, this no, this, and and it and it's not really. You know, this isn't societal. I, I spoke a few months ago out at the homeless workforce conference, and you know, some of, I, I'm actually pretty liberal in my mindset, but I was. Uh, there, there was really a division out there, and there were some angry folks. I can imagine. Saying, and they said, "Well, you don't understand what it's like to to grow up in a in a poor um, a poor community and live grow up in poverty and not have all the opportunities you did." Right. And they they don't know anything about me. I mean, I grew up in a, yeah. you know, in the coal yeah. regions, yeah. small town in the coal regions, and uh, yeah. I didn't have a lot. And you know, I borrowed to get through college, and 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 I you know, but I had the, I had that drive. I had that 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 I wanted to have the ability. To create my own life and not depend on anybody else, and that's true. Some people didn't have that opportunity, but there's still people that come out of poor, low socioeconomic environments, uh, different cultures who do learn to thrive. Absolutely. And, and Ira, and, I need and, to interrupt okay. you. We've got about a minute left. I want to make okay. sure that people know how to connect with you. What's the best way for people to connect with you? We appreciate it. Yeah, uh, well, certainly there's the old phone for the people who still use phones. Um, and uh, my toll free is 800-803-4303. That's 800-803-4303. Uh, my website is successperformancesolutions.com. 
It's a long one. Okay. Um, and on there, they can stay connected. They can sign up for a blog, a newsletter. Um, I do a lot of writing, or just uh, they can also send me an email. They can contact me, and, and uh, if they have any questions for or against what we were talking about this morning, happy to hear from everyone. Your, your writing is absolutely superb. Again, down to about the last 30 seconds. What did I miss, or did we drive home the point that you wanted to drive home? And I can do that in 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, obviously, part of the part of what we're doing is we're we are able to uh, for employers that are out there, we are able to assess people uh, who can who do have that effort, who do have that internal drive, and also working with individuals who are struggling. Uh, happy to work with anyone who's looking for a new career path or struggling to to get back on the employment lines. Um, you know, happy to work with everybody. We we work on both sides of the fence there. Thanks, Ira, so much. Ira S. Wolf, nationally recognized thought leader and talent management and he is president of success performance solutions thanks so much for being part of the business builder show thank you appreciate the opportunity presenting the thought leaders of today it's the business builder show with marty wolf marty wolf here i want to introduce you to my newest sponsor live mercury As you know, I put a premium on real-world experience. That's why, when I decided to upgrade my web presence, I sat down with Live Mercury, a digital agency that specializes in taking a strategic approach to success online. Every one of their strategy experts has extensive experience starting new ventures as well as working with existing businesses to achieve success. Now, I'll let you know when my new site launches, but in the meantime, I have a very special offer for the first 10 listeners who go to... 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com. I've asked Live Mercury to give the first 10 listeners who go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com a no obligation 30 minute review of your website with the Live Mercury website strategy expert. Go to 30 minutes with my marketingcoach.com right now and apply some real world experience to your web presence. For your next regional or national meeting, are you looking for a professional facilitator to keep things on track so your meeting meets the objectives? Have you assembled a group of subject matter experts for a panel and you need a moderator who is skilled in keeping the conversation focused on what really matters? Do you want a speaker for your next meeting who will engage the audience in a way that makes the meeting fun and memorable? Marty Wolf of the Business Builder Show is available for your next important event. You can contact him at... 570-815-1626. Marty has facilitated hundreds of meetings in all kinds of settings. He has interviewed hundreds of CEOs, authors, professional speakers, and thought leaders from many different industries. Planning an important meeting? Want to feel confident you will achieve the results you planned for? Then call Marty Wolf at 570-815-1626. Or log on to MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. Presenting the thought leaders of today, it's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Welcome back to the Business Builder Show. Ira S. Wolf. Um, boy, some people may have listened carefully to that. Some people may have identified with that. Some employers may be saying, yeah, I understand that. I get that. Uh, regardless, a uh, really great job. And uh, follow Ira Wolf, W-O-L-F-E, because he is a tremendous writer and he has some great insights into the workplace. So thanks, Ira. Great job. Um, as promised, we want to talk about a study that LinkedIn does, did that LinkedIn did that reveals the skills that employers really want. I guess that's the key word, huh, Tom? The, what they really want, not what you think 
they want, right? For instance, it starts here. It says, you're in the middle of a job interview. The hiring manager looks up from your resume and asks, what are your biggest strengths? I hate that question. <laughs> so do interviewers, as I'll explain in a minute. And I also hate it when they follow it up with, and what do you think your greatest weaknesses are? <laughs> yes, I'm going to sit here and tell you where I suck. Yeah. <laughs> I have none. <laughs> I am perfect. Yeah. What, are you kidding me? Weaknesses? <laughs> so, so do you say, you know, Tom, to, here's, your, here's your next answer. Although, think about this and wait till we go through the whole show. Okay. You, normally, people would say you're passionate. It. You're organized. You're a team player. Blah, 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 cliche. Blah, 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 blah. Or do you play up maybe your past leadership roles or your ability to think outside of the box? Whatever the heck <laughs> that, that means. means right? <laughs> and these traits of what LinkedIn is uh, sharing with us that they may not be the most important skills in Let's the Let's not forget people person. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> a people I, person. I'm a people person. I play well with others. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, that's a good one. Um, we're going to dispel those myths, though, right now. Uh, um, thank you, LinkedIn, for giving us this. So this study, um, and, and just as an aside here, or something to pay attention to, that this study, they really looked at early career professionals. You know, those folks who are getting their first job, maybe the one to two years, three years experience. Although, Carrie, I, I can see this relevant to just about anybody, can't you? Yeah, but I like the fact that uh, it distinguishes when you don't have a career path already Good. in place. Yeah, that's so true. So now you really have to identify what an employer is looking for. Not, here's my resume of 15 years worth of... X. Well, that's a that's a great that's a great point on most on, on several points on, on several levels. That is because they're not just looking at your education or your experience or your job skills. What they're looking for are specific soft skills and personality traits. Now, yeah, what the heck is that? Well, let's use the words uh, emotional intelligence in terms of your soft skills and all emotional intelligence is. Let's not get too technical, is understanding how your behavior affects everyone around you, including sending emails and the way you do it, while you do it. That's all that is. Soft skills are your ability ability to communicate. So um, let's get into uh, some of these things. And you know, as we're talking about this, think of Ira's interview about trophy workers. Think about that. So here's some specific skills that they are looking for, especially if you're, you don't already have that career, as you pointed out, Gary. Two most important skills employers look for are problem-solving skills, which are defined as the ability to see and create solutions when faced with challenges. Second one is being a good learner by learning new concepts quickly and being adaptable in new situations, problem-solving skills and being a good learner. Both of those things really relate to Iris' discussion because if you are not resilient, if you don't have some grit, if you don't hang in there, you won't be a good problem-solver. It's, it's just that simple. And if you're not learning all the time, how, how are you, you going to solve the problem? And this will relate back to helicopter parents. If you're not allowing your children to do, to become a good learner, 
and to figure out problem-solving skills, you're really hamstringing them when they go for a job. Unless you go to the job interview with them. Yes, right. <laughs> and, you, and you do it all for them. Yes, so there you go. Employers are also, look for, also look for candidates who have strong analytical skills. Um, logical reasoning. And that relates to another. You already know where I'm going, don't you, Kerry? Mm-hmm. Focused thinking. Our friend... Cal Newport, get his book. So much relates to what the things that we talk about. Employers are looking for analytical skills and logical reasoning. You can't be a logical thinker and be analytical if you are what we talked about before. You practice interrupt thinking, meaning that you're bouncing from email to email, text to text. You're not paying attention. You're not learning. You're not thinking. You're not going deep. It just You just can't do it. Carrie, this next one kind of... Uh, Kind of made me uh, back up a little bit. Yeah, uh, the numbers were a little different than I thought, too. Well, yeah. And, and we're talking about they want to employ 45% of employers want to hire people with strong oral communication skills, whereas only 22% consider strong written communication skills to be crucial. That threw me off a little bit. No, I mean, certainly we understand. Mm-hmm. You, you need to be able to communicate. You got to have oral communication skills, obviously. Um, but the fact that they're not that they well, kind of lowered the written kind well, of surprised me. Would you agree that if you have a strong oral communication skills, you can tell a better story? Yes, yes, yes. And you can. the more we especially read, in an interview when you yeah, need to tell a story, the, the more we read, specifically in sales, it's not show up and throw up with all the information. It's tell a good story. Get who you're selling to or engaged with, really engaged with yeah. you. So I think that might be a connection there. That, that's important. And and again, uh, we had a, a gentleman join us, uh, our friend Bruce Spencer, who was with Toastmasters. Mm-hmm. And in terms of approving your oral communication skills, I strongly suggest that, especially if you're in the early stages of your career, Join Toastmasters. Um, learn to get up in front of a group. Learn how to think through an idea. I think that's a, I think that's a great, great idea in terms of, of that kind of information. Um, creativity and the ability to think outside of the box and being tech savvy. Now, again, I don't know what think outside of the box really means. I, I'm going to interpret it in a couple of ways because we do assessments, Carrie, you know, and, and some of the assessments that it brings up is, you know, are you willing to challenge the status quo? So let's think about it in that way, Tom, you know, that instead of thinking outside of the box, that you will challenge the way things are already are always done around here. And there are a lot of employers, though, that don't want that because they like the status quo. Correct. So, but that's, well, that's a good point interview and go with companies who are open to these kinds of things. And are, <laughs> pardon me? Ta-da! Ta-da! There you go. See the brilliant insights we give you on the Business Builder Show? Absolutely. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, that whole thinking outside the box, I think the key thing there is that, um, you know, you just challenge the way, nicely, professionally. With There's the, the key, nicely and professionally. With emotional intelligence, understanding that what you say and how you act will definitely impact, you know. Um, you don't want to do it aggressively. Right. Now, we're kind of running out of time already, but personality traits are important. That's really where the emotional intelligence come, uh, thing comes in. Your, your, your personality trait of a positive attitude. Now, to me, a positive attitude comes from. 
you know, your confidence level. You, in fact, are not a trophy worker. You worked through high school. You have a great attitude. You had, you have grit. You have resilience. You know, if you do all that, you're going to bring leadership skills to the workplace. Um, you know, and leadership to me is just the ability to make everyone around you better. I mean, that's... That's it. I think that kind of drives it home. And so speaking of driving it home, Carrie and Tom, we need to wrap up segment four already. So we set out to inform, educate, and inspire you and to open your eyes maybe a little wider about technologies which are changing our lives. And as an entrepreneur, you may want to take advantage of them. And we talked about what skills employers are really looking for because a lot of our audience are people who want to improve their lives. Tom and Carrie, thanks for doing a great show. We are very proud of. Special thanks to our guest, Ira S. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. Ira really hit on the challenges employers are facing today, and he drove home the point that we all need to be continually learning. So stay tuned to the Business Builder Show so you can continually learn. You can get our past shows by going to businessbuildersglobal.com. I hope you come back next week. We have so much to share with you. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. Marty Wolf here. I want to introduce you to my newest sponsor, Live Mercury. As you know, I put a premium on real-world experience. That's why, when I decided to upgrade my web presence, I sat down with Live Mercury, a digital agency that specializes in taking a strategic approach to success online. Every one of their strategy experts has extensive experience starting new ventures as well as working with existing businesses to achieve success. Now, I'll let you know when my new site launches, but in the meantime, I have a very special offer for the first 10 listeners who go to... 30 minutes with my marketing coach.com. I've asked Live Mercury to give the first 10 listeners who go to 30 minutes with my marketing coach.com a no obligation 30 minute review of your website with the Live Mercury website strategy expert. Go to 30 minutes with my marketing coach.com right now and apply some real world experience to your web presence. The greatest customer experience I've ever encountered originated in an unlikely location. However, it created a story that's gone viral on YouTube and has been heard in person by over a million people. Driver of the cab, it's going to be mine, jumps out of his cab, points at me in the front of the line and shouts, Are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? <laughs> said, I'm Taxi Terry. Great, I got the motivational cab driver. <laughs> this is Scott McCain. The lessons I learned from that amazing cab driver form the basis of my new book, Seven Tenets of Taxi Terry, how every employee can create and deliver the ultimate customer experience. No matter your position or the size of the organization where you work, you can grow your business and create distinction with these seven lessons. This new book is available on Amazon.com and wherever business books are sold. If a cab driver can deliver the ultimate customer experience, you can too. Discover the tenets to distinctive success in the seven tenets of Taxi Terry.